to reconfigure your your seats. Um, so, a ministry appreciation dinner last night. Uh, for those of you who were able to make it, you know, I'm, I'm certainly glad. For those of you who weren't able to make it or maybe were, weren't involved in ministry uh, over the last year, uh, you know, I would encourage you, you know, some of you are already involved in ministry and just need, will just be there next year. But if you're not involved in ministry, uh, there's so many opportunities here and it's so neat to see so many people engaged. Um, you know, so we, you know, milling around, talking I'm a social butterfly so I was talking to a million people and I uh, I, I ran into Sam at one point and said uh, so we were talking about the message this morning and he said I'm going to preach out of John chapter 20 and I'm like crud because <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to preach out of John chapter 20 and then he, he said uh, so he started going down his points I'm like dang those are kind of my points <laughs> um, not exactly but you're going to get a little bit of a replay uh, this morning, but praise the Lord, it's, uh, there must be a reason for it. It was uh, a really neat compliment. I, I would just like to say, you know, every great rock and roll band, when they go on tour, what do they have? Well, not a co- well, they do, but they have a, you know, Over. an opening band, right? <laughs> so, so maybe Sam was just the opening band. <laughs> Yes, you can. I, I'm just kidding. You're more of the closing. But I'm, yeah, I'm more. I'm more like the the janitor that comes out and, and sweeps and then takes down the stage. Uh, and maybe you can learn something from him in the process. So, uh, but uh, but yeah. So we're gonna. We're, it's gonna be a tiny bit redundant, but that's okay. It's all right. It's all. I mean, there's a reason for it, right? There must have been. Um, but yeah, I'm sure the look on my face when we were talking about it was like, he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So in our lessons from uh, from Jesus questions, so uh, as we normally do, we have some handouts. Uh, if you can uh, spread those, spread the love, as it were. Uh, so it's on the notes, but uh, it's also in Scripture, uh, John chapter 20. When she, Mary, had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Now, did anybody, when he was reading that in there, think a question? Did anybody think, ah, a question from Jesus? I wish I could hear more about that. Yeah, okay, thank you, Heather. I really appreciate that. So she, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, and she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. So uh, what we're going to talk about more specifically, we won't cover the entire chapter like Sam did, but why weepest thou and whom seekest thou? Right? So why are you crying and who are you seeking? And so we're going to talk about emotions, thoughts, and actions and changing the order of those things and having the right drivers in our life. So our series study point number 22, our 22nd uh, lesson here in this series, series study point 22, emotions, intellect, and actions are tied together. Tied is your blank. So emotions, intellect, or your thoughts, your, your knowledge, 
and actions are tied together. So we see, actually, um, Jesus say that first in verse in verse um, uh, fifteen or uh, fourteen says, and when he thus said to her, woman, why weepest thou? So he addresses her humanness, right? He addresses her humanness. There's a few times in Scripture where Jesus says, man, woman, and he does that. Not, it's not. I don't think it's kind of the same way we do it today. Like, dude. You know, I think Sam's kind of kind of like. I think he he made a comment like that today. I don't. That's not really what he's trying to say. I think, but he is trying to address her humanness and the fact that that I don't think this is gender specific here. Although you know, it is a blessing. It is uh, women are almost always the the caregiver. Uh, I wouldn't have. I would have probably been more like the disciples and thought, what's the point in going to the grave? You know, what's the point? But but Mary had compassion. We'll see she had some emotions about it. But, you know, I, the women generally, it's just a rule of thumb. There's obviously exceptions. Some guys are extremely thoughtful and compassionate. Some women are, are more analytical and that sort of thing. But just the trends, the tendency, is that the woman is going to be more compassionate. And, and so Jesus identifies her. I mean, he knows her by name, and, and he actually is going to call her by name. So I I think there's a component here also of the fact that he doesn't say Mary because of the things that are getting ready to unfold. Because when he does say Mary uh, in later, and he says, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith, and she, that's the point where she recognized him. Right? So when he says to a woman, He's doing a couple of things, identifying her humanness, but also just addressing her in kind of a, a, a general tone. So then he asks the, the two questions, but we're going to get three things from it. Why weepest thou? What's going on with your emotions here, Mary? Your emotions are in play. And then whom seekest thou? What is the, the thoughts or the knowledge that is driving you? Right? What is this thing that you're doing and whom seekest? Right? So it's just there's some action to it. Right? So we're going to get three things. The emotions, the thoughts or knowledge, and you'll see how those are, are intertwined in the actions that generally result. And so let's spend a few minutes talking about emotions. Uh, Hebrews 4, chapter 12, uh, specifically talks about the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And notice, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, uh, some, I have seen this divided both ways as thoughts and intents of the heart, but I've also seen it as the thoughts and intents of the heart, right, under one kind of umbrella. I tend to fall in the second category, that, the, 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 that it is a discerner and even splits the thoughts and intents in the heart and gets to the, to the, to the meat of the issue by even dis, uh, um, uh, discerning and dividing even in that, in that tone. The reason I bring this up in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 is because the thoughts and intent of our heart can often be a big driver for what we do. And so sometimes people, right, they say unto to, to, to God, Lord, Lord, but they deny him. They don't follow him. They're not really following him with their, with their heart. So he can actually, through the word of God, split to the point where... 
it's the difference between the thoughts and intents of the heart. Like the, the, um, at the very basal com, uh, components of us, the, the Word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper doing that surgery. And then in 1 John 3, 20, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So our heart is probably the most, um, you know, like at the end of the day, we know no emotions sit in the muscle that beats and pumps blood to our, you know, to our body, right? We do know that emotions technically come from our brain. They do not come from a, from, you know, from a, from the, the electrically driven muscle that just simply does this. But the point is that emotions are a big part of our being. They're not, I'm not here to, to minimize them. I'm not here to say they're negative. They have to be channeled. They need to be, you need to be careful with your emotions. But because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, just, uh, you know, I don't know, 20, I don't know, it's more than 20 minutes ago, an hour ago, uh, a little longer than that, I'm, I'm sitting in service and a young lady and a young guy get up and do a spoken word and I'm like getting teary-eyed, thinking about emotional, thinking about what the Lord did for me, right? Thinking about the fact that he bore our iniquity, that it was through the, the wounds applied to, the, the wounds that he bore when, when people struck him, when they, when they lashed at him, when they, when they nailed him to the cross, those wounds are the payment for my sin. That's an emotional concept for me in that moment. There's a, there's a knowledge component to it, but I wasn't, the knowledge wasn't causing my tears, you know, to, I, tears to well up in my eyes. It was the emotion of what, of the appreciation, the things, right? So emotions can be a wonderful, wonderful component of our, of our being, a wonderful uh, part of our, kind of our humanness, right? But we also have to be careful about the knowledge and thoughts so knowledge and thoughts. Now I've, com- I've put both of these together because thoughts are really, just hear me out for a second, thoughts are kind of the absence of knowledge. We think about things to fill in the blanks of what we don't know. Okay? So we... <clears throat> I got some counsel a while back when making a decision uh, about things. There's things that you think, there's things that you believe, and there's things that you know about a situation. And the things that you think are often the, the analytics, right? The, often the, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it makes, you know, it, it doesn't seem to make sense to pay rent as compared to building, building equity, right? I think, but that can't overarch or, or trump the belief of what God is wanting to do with you in a specific place and maybe the flexibility that you have or, or whatever with, with renting. So there's things that you think things that you believe, and then there's things that you know. Like, and, and honestly, the things you know should align with Scripture. Not necessarily what you think you know, if you bear with me for a second, right? Sometimes we think we know, 
but it's actually what we think and what we know should be tied to a standard, tied to a, de a definitive. And so in the knowledge or thoughts, and, and, and again, we're going to circle back to this in a minute and see how these emotions, thoughts and beliefs, or, or uh, the knowledge and thoughts and actions are all tied together in the resurrection. Okay, or at least uh, Mary and, and Peter's interaction at the resurrection. Notice in Joshua chapter 4, uh, 23 and 24, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. Now who's the audience that jo Joshua is talking to? <coughs> the Israelites. Who experienced that? Right? Okay, this is not, he's not talking to us. He's not talking to generations later. The Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you. You've experienced this. You know this. Until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord. So their experience, their, no, their first-hand knowledge was so that it could be communicated so that others, the story could be told, so others would know. Okay? Similarly, in 2 Timothy 1, uh, 1.12, Nevertheless, I am, uh, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, or believe it, if you sing the song, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. For I know whom I have believed. So here is the intersection, at least one of the intersections with Sam's message is, he talked about belief. Belief is just the first process in the part of knowing. Right? It's the first part of knowing, right? What is the definition of faith? Faith is the substance, the knowledge, the knowing of things that can't be seen. Right? And so belief is going to precede knowledge, no doubt. And that was really a big part of what he's talking about. But notice how Paul puts it For I know whom I have believed. So I believed, and now I know beyond any shadow of a doubt. So I know that Scripture is going to uh, can, can direct any decision I need to make about a place to live, about a job to take, about uh, decisions in my, in my personal life with respect to relationships or, or what have you. I know that Scripture, I believe and thus know that Scripture can be that guide. And all of that is related to actions. Notice in Proverbs uh, 16.3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. We, so um, some of us have gone through a, a counseling class here at, at Midtown. And this is actually one of the principles that you'll learn, is that sometimes when people are dealing with a situation... Uh, so often you see this with addictions uh, or, or kind of caustic or toxic relationships is if you just commit your works to the Lord, you make this kind of conscious decision that I'm not going to do that anymore or I am going to do this starting at this point, that subsequently you're committing your works to the Lord, uh, later your thoughts will be established. It becomes a new 
habit is the way a lot of people describe it, right? If you can do something, I think it's for 30 days, it becomes a new habit in life. I, I've heard that. I don't know if that's, def- you know, super, super definitive, but it's certainly a principle, and that principle applies here. Let's make sure that we've got, uh, got chairs. Uh, Okay, maybe going somewhere else. But um, so, so if we commit our works unto the Lord, right? Commit what we're going to do. Over time, we literally start to think differently. And I guess there's been some sort of studies about this that the synapses in your brain change, and they can kind of prove that if whether it's like exercising, I'm going to get up and I'm going to exercise every day or five days a week, or I'm going to not eat this food, and your body starts to get to a point where it accommodates for that change. It becomes part of your new normal. So similarly... Works, actions, can actually have this relationship and drive your subsequent thoughts, right? First, in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 10, 2 Corinthians cha- chapter 10, also a verse that we see in the counseling s- scenario, but honestly, it's one that we see in, in, uh, in discipleship as well, casting down imaginations and everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So I'm now going to control my body I am going to bring it into subjection so that my thoughts can be changed, right? We see this with fastings. We see this with, even in in 2 Corinthians, in that same passage, uh, there's some discussion about the sexual control issues and the ways to deal with that and um, the the concepts of, of fasting cause you to redefine your priorities internally. And so the actions, in this case not eating, not partaking in certain pleasures, can actually subsequently drive your thoughts. Okay? So I hope I've made the argument that uh, there's chairs up front here. I mean, I won't spit on you. I don't think I, don't think I can spit that far. Um, you have the opportunity as a result to prioritize emotions. You have the ability to prioritize thoughts or knowledge. Or you have the opportunity to prioritize actions. Right? So it's emotions, thoughts, or intellect, your knowledge, or actions. And we're going to see this play out, I think, beautifully in John chapter 20. So look, go ahead and if you're, if you're, go back to John chapter 20. So Mary, we see Mary, and Jesus saw us. Um, and so in, in verse 14, and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Her emotions came first. Whom seekest thou? So who is it that you're seeking? And what in the, and the action of seeking, right? Supposing him, the gardener saith in him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. So even then, you could argue, like, emotions, then her thoughts, and those thoughts are actually going to drive her to, tell me where he is, and I'll do something. I'll take him away, 
I'm going to get involved. Now, in this regard, I would say emotions being the driver is a bit of a negative, right? It, because emotions can cloud us. Yes? Because her emotions drove... Right. And thank you for sharing because I'm actually going to get, I'm going to ask for more of those examples in just a minute. So be thinking about, no, no, that's, this is great. Thank you. Uh, because we're actually going to spend a few minutes and I, I need to hear from you all other situations in scripture that you can think of where one thing drove another, which drove another. And it's really, I think it's really, I, I guess, cool. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but Emo- there are times when emotion should drive us. Emotion drove, and, and see I'm talking about this, emotion drove Mary to get up early and to go to the tomb. Like emotion ended up being a major driver for her to be the first person, the first human to see the resurrected Christ. That's kind of a big deal. So, um, again, please do not walk away from here with uh, thinking that I think emotions are bad. Emotions can do great things. They can be wonderful drivers for us, right? Um, So, emotions drove her thoughts. So, he's dead. I'm grieving. I'm going to go see him. I see an empty tomb. Well, where did he go? Where Where did you take him? Well, that's not a good thought. Right? Because that's not what happened. It's not, at least it's not a thought in line with Scripture, if that makes sense. And then that was going to lead to her actions. Notice Peter has at least a similar situation, but go ahead and turn over to Luke 24. Luke 24. And I, and, uh, I think this is part of this is. I went way too far. In Luke 24, I've got on the screen uh, 11, but I, or it's 11 and 12, I think. But uh, or yeah, okay. So Luke 24, pick it up just a little bit uh, before. Um, so in verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene and uh, Joanna the, and the Mary, the mother of James, and the other women which were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. They believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher. Stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was, um, which was uh, come to pass. So Peter had a similar but slightly different path. He had emotions. He didn't. He wasn't perceiving what was happening. So his emotion takes him. He runs to the uh, to the grave as well. So that becomes his action. His emotion drives his action. And then it, he he beholds. Look at this. He beholds. Stooping down, he beholds the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed and wondering him and himself. So arguing. I could say this is a combination of knowledge and thoughts. The knowledge is he's not there. The linen clothes are there. And if somebody was stealing a body, they wouldn't definitely wouldn't take the time to 
to to to take the linen, the the grave clothes off and to fold it up and right. I mean that wouldn't have happened, right? So he has this combination of thoughts and knowledge. He has some knowledge of the situation, but he doesn't totally understand. So Peter goes through an emotion, action, and knowledge. Notice that's a little different. Mary goes through emotions, thoughts that lead to her actions. Okay, so it's just a little bit different. But notice what happens with 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 uh, with Mary a second time as we go as we continue the story in verses uh, back in John twenty in verses sixteen through seventeen. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Uh, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not. So we have yet another dynamic with Mary in the very in the kind of the same episode. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. At that moment, she knows who he is, right? Because she turns to him and says, Rabboni. So her knowledge causes her actions, and then what she wants to do, she wants to hug him, right? Which are driving her emotions. Are you, are you seeing the patterns here? Right? So again, all of them are legitimate. Right? I mean, I'm not in any position to challenge how any of them, uh, there's, there's room up here, uh, how any of them responded at the tomb. Like, that is not the point. I don't get the right, you know, 2,000 years later to challenge all the emotions of seeing Jesus or knowing Jesus died on the cross and following him. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, like, I don't get that pass. I don't get the uh, right to, to challenge those who didn't understand the resurrection. I mean, we know he resurrected. We believe that. We have the scriptural uh, evidence to support it. They were going through it. So is their emotions going to drive some of their uh, decisions? Absolutely. But notice, when she knows that it's Jesus, then her actions and emotions are downstream. And that's the key that I want you to that I want you to learn today. That's the key that when um, it's after it's after the interaction with the resurrected Christ, the knowledge that he isn't just gone, his body's not disappeared, he's resurrected, things change. So this is our lesson for today. Allow the knowledge of the resurrected Christ to drive emotion and action. Allow the knowledge of the resurrected Christ to now drive your emotions and drive your actions. Okay? So, so we're going to do a little, a little thing here in, uh, in a few verses before we get to, uh, get to an opportunity for you all to share. So in your, you may not perceive it, but in your notes, there's, uh, there's some verses, right? And there's these little parent, uh, parentheticals, kind of almost look like footnotes, okay? So you're going to have, and I think on, on your notes, you have one is knowledge, two is emotion, and three is action, okay? One, two, and three. I just had to put them in some order. Four, five, six. Four, five, six. Does it really? Yeah. Four, five, six. Okay, that was a typo because it's lower in my notes. So, so change it. So this is the first step in your assignment. Change the one, uh, the four to a one, the five to a two, and the six to a three. So I apologize. Yeah. Thank you.
All right, so one, two, and three should be your numbers. Now, we're gonna, you're going to have the opportunity to look up. I can't put it up on the screen because if I put it up on the screen, you're going to know the answers. So take just a second. We're going to do one at a time. Philippians 1.9, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. So this is the part where you put a little number, one, two, or three, or you can do four, five, and six if you want. One, two, and three in there. So Paul is saying, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. So what number goes in each of those blanks? And since I've got two on one slide, we're going to go ahead and do the next one as well, and then we'll talk about them. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think you have four blanks there. Are you guys tracking the assignment? I, okay, I wasn't... I feel like the number mess up. Yeah. So you're just going to write one, two, or three in each of those. Which is it? Is it knowledge? Is it emotion? Or is it action? So let's... So hopefully you're done with that. So let's talk about Philippians 1.9 for a moment. And this I pray that your love emotion. is an emotion, right? Right? That your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. That one was pretty easy, right? Because it's knowledge, right? So notice, and this is just these are just some examples. Paul is actually saying, let your love abound, but let it abound in knowledge. It's like, I do want you to love everyone. And I kind of do want you to love everyone unconditionally. But, but we got to be careful with that. Like, you can't love all people. Love can't look the same to all people. Like, there are certain people that I don't have the relationship to invite them over to my house yet. Like, that's just knowledge. That's just, it's smart. There are some people, now there are some people that are very comfortable with that. But I would argue, after the relationship is built, then I'll invite you over to my house. And, and you know, our home will be, will be open. But love is going to follow knowledge, in this case. Are you tracking? Okay. Now let's look at First Peter. So I think, so, so I don't know what happened down here, but in this I pray that your love, emotion, may abound yet more and more in knowledge. And, and this one's a little more complicated. Hopefully it made sense in First Peter 1. And besides this, giving all diligence, I guess you could argue action, but I think this is a kind of an uh, intellectual process. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Hopefully you got that one right because it's knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godly, uh, godliness brotherly kindness. It's an action, right? Brotherly kindness isn't, and I think I have that backwards. I do have that one backwards. And, and um, brotherly kindness, no, 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 brotherly kindness is emotion. No, no, it's an emotion. 
So kindness is an emotion, but charity is an action. Right? So I can't have charity without doing. Right? So, so brotherly kindness is an emotion. Right? But show kindness? You show kindness, but you have to have it inside of you. Otherwise, it's just a thing. You know? It's just a thing that you do. So, it, so, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, but the, less, the, the purpose here is less about the details. Because you could even argue some of these things. Temperance, you could argue, is potentially an action or an emotion. Okay? The point is they're all related. The point is, they should dr- things should drive each other. And I'm telling you, I believe that the resurrected Christ changes the paradigm to change your emotions and your actions. Let's look at Matthew 28. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded to you. And though I am with you always, uh, even unto the end of the world. And I do think I have these backwards. So, I'm even learning. Right? So, speaking of all power is given to me in heaven and earth. He literally lays that down so you know he, ha- he has the power and he gives it to you, right? Go ye therefore should be action. Is that right? Do I have that right? Oh, I have it wrong on my notes. Go ye, right? So go ye, therefore. The knowledge of the resurrected Christ and his power should drive you to act, to go. Right? And of the Holy, uh, teaching all nations, that's also an action, right? Could have put, put one there. Baptizing them, action. Teaching them, again, another action. Life community. And lo, I am with you always. Like, that's an emotional concept. I mean, you could argue it's a knowledge concept and I wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't thumb wrestle over it. But I would argue that that's the emotion of it, right? That my my knowing that he is with me is emotional. It's going to drive me. So, So before we wrap up, like Tori said, it made her think of Jesus' mother, Mary, with respect to the wedding, Right? So her emotions of the situation drove her desire to ask of him to do something that he wasn't yet ready to do. Right? Can you think of other situations? It's all, they're all throughout. I mean, I, once I started, I had to like stop because I was getting balled around the axle with so many examples. Can you think of other examples in Scripture, Old and New Testament, where any of this, like emotion drove action or knowledge drove emotion? Right? Anybody? The thing that came to my mind, because the kids and I have been talking about it, is when um, Joseph of Arimathea took fast to take Jesus' body down, and then he went and covered him up and put him in a tomb. Right. The emotion of what had happened led him to... To, to act. Yeah. The emotion, the connection that he had with Jesus drove him to act. Very laudable. Very, I mean, it was a good thing, right? That, that Joseph of Arimathea wanted wanted to minister to Jesus, if you will, in that time. And that was born out, so his actions were born out of his emotion. Good example. Yeah, Terry. Uh, the one with the soldier, he sliced off the guy's Peter, right? Very emotional action. Uh, emotions? Oh, no, you don't. 
emotions drove action. In that case, I would argue it was a negative. It doesn't always a negative, but yeah. So we'll come over here and then we'll come back. Yeah. Um, I think of Luke chapter 10 where um, Jesus came into Mary and Martha's house and Martha approached him very emotionally, um, saying, why isn't Mary helping right. to serve? And basically laid down, you know, what was right? What was what was better? I mean, her emotions drove her actions and how Absolutely. Jesus. Yeah. He approached her with knowledge. Yeah. I think we had two here, Tori. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's all good. Um, I was, Old Testament, I was going to say knowledge, knowledge, action, actions, emotions was when Moses stood in front of the burning bush and at first, you know, you know God is telling him what he wanted him to do when he gets to Egypt. And uh, like, well, maybe it's knowledge, emotion, then action. Because then, you know, Moses was, like, hesitant because he's like, but I stutter. And this is that. You know, he was telling, like, I'm saying Aaron with you. So I was kind of trying to put that in order, knowledge, emotion, then Moses acted. Ultimately, yeah, ultimately, you know, Moses, the, the, the conclusion of that for sure. And, and it's, it's not always linear. Like, it's not always that simple. Like, we have that dance with God. Right? We have that dance of I trust you, yet I don't trust you. And there is, in this case, I would argue some back and forth. And technically, we see that with, with Mary in, in a relatively short period of time. She's dealing with some emotions driving, and then she's dealing with knowledge driving, right? So I think that's probably what's happening with Moses in that moment. But once, right, right. But once he, once he processes through that maybe cycle of emotion and thought, clearly action yeah. with confidence. What were you going to say, sir? Oh, yeah. uh, I have been begging to ask the question um, um, why, you know, so it's not I wanted to know why she hopes him to get brought up on the education because I don't believe in coincidence. But, um, and, and, and coming to this, um, it was apparent that she um, anxiously, she she clung to that and immediately presumed he had to know, like, what did you guys do? Where did you lay him? Right, and while I don't definitively know, you know, I wasn't there, the, the supposition that I've always worked under with that is that emotion was clouding her reason, right? Emotion was, now I don't know if gardeners back in the day had, you know, more of a hood or covering or a big floppy hat that covered their face or whatever, but she was, she was at, very, at the very least blinded to the fact that it was Jesus, right? And Sam talked about it in service this morning. There are people who interact with Jesus but don't see him. They don't know him for who he is. They perceive him to be a good prophet. They perceive him to be a good teacher. They perceive him, perceive him to have good principles. But it's not until their eyes are opened and they see him for who he is, not just a guy that's taking care of some things, but a resurrected dude, <laughs> a guy that... I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think I think there is something. I think there is some some underlying tone there with respect to the husbandry and uh, the responsibility of the man in the garden. I think there's some things in play there, uh, doctrinally. Uh, but at the end of the, uh, you know, from a Mary perspective, I think she was blinded and and to, to the fact that it was Jesus at that moment. And Sam hit on that that it wasn't until she saw the empty tomb. 
that she was in a, in a moment or in a position where she could then perceive the resurrected the, the resurrected Christ. That was a, I think you had two parts. Was that, well, that was yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I've always wondered. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to interacting with the Lord and being like, why did she think you know? Or maybe I'll ask Mary. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> Cain and Abel. So it's very interesting because Cain, right, could have had his sacrifice right. He did all this work, right? Uh, yesterday I hung up some lights, and I get done. And I bring Michelle out to see him, and she's like, "I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> they need to be higher." <laughs> it's my own darn fault. It's my own darn fault. And she's not like that. She's not. She's not. She's not. She's not like picky and stuff. But but she had something in her mind, and I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't deliver. And she she was very very gracious. She's like, but thank you for your hard work. Appreciate your your effort. Now move them higher. Now move them higher. <laughs> I mean, not right now, but. At some point, move them higher. Um, and I had to... What? what? Yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right? But in that in that moment... Right, she had, she's going to remind me every six months whether I need a reminder or not. No. Um, in that moment, I had a choice. I could have been emotional, or I could respond with knowledge or... At least the thought that she's right—they're not—they're not high enough. I, I need to—I need to raise them up, right? But Cain has laid in front of him. Well, if you do right, aren't you going to be accepted? But I've spent all this time and all this effort doing it the way I thought it was supposed to be done. But if you just do it right, you'll be accepted. So his emotions caused him to take action in a really bad way, right? And killing his brother, right? Yeah? Um, when they were on the ship um, and the water was really turbulent um, and the, uh, the apostles got really upset, Jesus was sleeping, you know, laid back, just relaxed, and they were just really going through that emotional spectrum of things. They sort of forgot who he was as well. Right. And he came out on a basis of knowledge because he wasn't really emotional about it at all. He just said peace. Right, peace be still, right? I mean, right. And so, yeah, so it's interesting because as you were talking about the boat, because there's several stories like that. I wasn't sure if you were going to Jonah. There's there's emotions there. Or if you were talking about Paul on the boat, like there's emotions there. Emotions are an amazing driver for us. And they should be embraced. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really not implying that emotions are negative. But if not processed correctly, they can draw you to the wrong conclusions. Where did you put his body, Gardner? Mm-hmm. Well, your first thought isn't that he resurrected? Because he kind of told you he was going to. Now, I guess some people have argued, debated, that, that that communication wasn't to Mary, that it was to the disciples, and maybe maybe not. But I can't help but think Mary walked away from, from his teaching with at least the opportunity to, to know that he was going to be resurrected. So emotions can often... And it's interesting that most of y'all's examples have been emotional. Can you think of, in the few minutes we have left, can you think of any where knowledge or or uh, action led the other way. I think, Shane, you were going to... Yeah, so uh, Joseph in the Old Testament, 
that dude was done wrong so many times, but his belief, his knowledge of who God was, always drove his action. And in the end, when his brothers came to him, he got very emotional. He yep. said to them, Don't be grieved or angry with yourself that you sold me into slavery because into slavery because God sent me to preserve life. Exactly. And God was in it. And he probably did not know that from the very beginning. But when they came to him, he finally saw his brothers. He realized that God did everything he did in his life to save a lot of people, including his own brothers. Right. He probably worked through his emotions over time, right? And came to a knowledge in that case, that God had delivered for a purpose. And then the emotions came out, right? I saw a bunch of hands pop up. I think Chris uh, Chris was over here maybe first, so, yeah. chapter 12, verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood when you're striving against sin. And you've forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. Right. So there are there the knowledge of the relationship is is or at least should drive the way we filter all things that happen to us. Um, you know, judgments, persecutions, those types of things. They're not there yet. I think is how it was how it was phrased, and they're not to that point. So yeah, knowledge should drive. I saw other hands. So, so yeah, I think I think you had one. Then we'll come to you. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, Jesus resurrecting Lazarus, mm. and so uh, he had knowledge that Lazarus was sleeping and he had to kind of spell out to his disciples what he meant by that. Um, and then uh, he, when he got there and he saw the situation, he actually wept. So he went from, I would say, knowledge to emotions. But then he resurrected. But then he so called, called, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Did you have another? Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about how... Um, um, I don't know what army stood before the, um, the giants, but um, David had knowledge, foreknowledge, and he knew how to slay a giant. That's so right. He just took a rock and took right. a shot and went into action. And soldiers often do that. I, I'd speak with no personal uh, you know, experience from, from physical soldiering, but I do know enough to know that emotions are not going to be the best driver in, 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 in a combat situation, right? It's going to be training. It's going to be the things you fall back on or your knowledge base, your experience base. Desmond? Yeah. When he denied him three times. When he did, when Peter, I mean, Peter is the epitome of emotion, like, <laughs> in scripture, right? But he did. He denied him three times. Even when Jesus told him, like, you're going to do this. No, I'm not, right? He allowed emotions to be the driver. He allowed emotions to be the driver. Turn, and, oh, yeah. I thought we were done. It's all good. I don't want to go unless everybody else wants to. Yeah, you're fine. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, I thought it was knowledge when I went to the end. Knowing, like, when I was about to pray. Right. I don't know who I say, who God is. Right. I thought they went in with knowledge, like, actions. Right. And it's super... 
it's super close to put belief or faith with knowledge. So, so please don't mishear me. This is not like knowledge. Like I was actually thinking about putting up that meme. I don't know who the actress is, but she's kind of looking off, and it's all the calculus on the board behind her or whatever. Like on the, some of you know what I'm talking about. Like it's not, it's not knowledge like encyclopedic knowledge, or it's not knowledge like calculus knowledge. It's a knowledge. It's a knowing, right? Like we we referenced already in Second Timothy one twelve. For I know whom I have believed. I know, you know, they knew whom they who they trusted in, right? Look at John twenty verse twenty, and we'll and we'll wrap up here. John twenty verse twenty. And when he uh, and, and Sam mentioned actually verse nineteen. Then the same day at evening, uh, being the first day of the week, when the disciples were shut. Where the disciples, uh, or I'm sorry, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. When they came to knowledge that, okay, he actually has resurrected, it's that Jesus. Then were they glad. What's that gladness, that emotion do? It's going to compel them to act. And that really is our, is, our, is our point today. What drives you? I mean, look, we all have emotions to deal with. But emotions, most of the examples that you all came up with, emotions starting the process, the dominoes falling, is not the good process. It's not that emotions are bad, but emotions should follow the knowledge, generally, should follow the knowledge. Once you see and understand the risen Lord, well, now you can execute on those emotions. Let those emotions compel you to charge hell with a squirt gun. Let those emotions, the, the fact that your knowledge and your emotion, your knowledge of the resurrected Lord and his, knowing his love for you and that, um, that emotional well, uh, welling up, uh, emotions welling up inside of you should absolutely propel you forward. To share, I was talking with somebody in the in the back, right? Right, the service was starting. They invited four people this week at like a Chipotle. At, it was funny because they said, "I like eating fast food." Uh, at Chipotle, Chick Fil A, and McDonald's, and then they finally went to the grocery store and they invited four people this week, and like three of them came because they know what the Lord can do. And that's going to drive their emotions and their actions. They're not going to allow their actions to take over and control, right? So I just, I would implore you, as you consider the resurrected Christ, right? As you consider what that means to you, let that drive your next steps. Whether those next steps are getting involved in a ministry here, to, you know, getting involved, you know, be- becoming a member, maybe it's a baptism decision that you need, whether it's a discipleship decision or an LFBI decision, like whatever the next step is for you, and every one of us have a next step. You know how I know that? Because you're not dead. Every one of us has a next step. So whatever that next step is, let the emotions, based on the knowledge of a resurrected Savior, compel you to that next step. Don't go backward. Go forward. There's steps forward for every one of us here. Let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the time. Lord, I know that in my own flesh I feel clunky sometimes in preparing these messages. And Lord, I just, I trust, I know that you can, you can take them and do the things that you need to do to bear them in the, in the, in the hearts and the minds of, of these folks. And so Lord, I, I, I need you to do that. I need you to do that like, so that I'm out of the way. You need the glory for all of that. And so whatever was said today that connected, Lord, you know, glory to you. Whatever I said that might have gotten in the way, Lord, I just ask that you minimize it and just allow folks to to focus on how you were teaching them. And each one of us need to set our emotions aside, at least within the context of the, the initial driver. Help us. Help us to really be driven like a Joseph or, or, or even like a, a Moses after he knew he acted. Lord, help us to, to be more like you where you know the big picture and, and you act based on that knowledge. Lord, help us to be like Mary that we know when we see you. Yes, we want to hug you. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to embracing you. Uh, but Lord, until then, help us to, to take the next steps forward in our, in our personal re- relationship and our walk with you and accountability. Um, Lord, just convict each and every person under the sound of my voice with respect to what it is that they need to do next. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, y'all, happy Easter. I hope you have a great day in the Lord, and we will see you hopefully on Tuesday night. Thank you.